Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for LF Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrew and I'm here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing whether we're better off than we were 10 years ago. Nick, are we better off than we were 10 years ago? Well, this is the puzzle because, okay, so so the significance, I suppose, of the 10-year time frame is that um, the the Great Recession we've had recently started in 2008, which is pretty much 10 years ago. And um, a number of different uh, sort of indicators suggest that we, we sort of, if, if anything, only just sort of getting back in terms of things like um, uh, real GDP per capita. Um, earnings certainly have been uh, depressed. Median, median earnings here and in the US seem to have not moved very much in the last few decades um, in terms of real uh, purchasing power. And there's been talk of a great stagnation uh, of, of the fact that actually something or other has changed and that that the um you know the 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 experience that we've all had over the last couple of centuries that the your children will be better off than you and that being a kind of axiom of life may have changed and that perhaps we're seeing the first generation who are going to be worse off and, and have a lower standard of living and get earn less and be able to afford less uh, than their parents and um the question really is 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 that true or are we getting is something in the stats going wrong um well look, let's bat that over to peter first then bat it back again to nick peter i think uh, you could make a case that there's a lot more free stuff around than we've ever had before entertainment wise for example i mean we have uh youtube and facebook is huge now so you can you can entertain yourself 24 hours a day for free on the internet assuming you've got some sort of connection so for a small small connection fee you're you're you've got an unlimited amount of entertainment um and i think that 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 uh an analog uh spreads to other parts of uh, of social life and it's, it's more easy to find and maintain uh, relationships with people uh, than it ever has been before um, there's more opportunity for travel than there has been ever has been before. It's cheaper than it ever was. Um, the social services and things which are available, albeit recent cuts in in the UK, but uh, life is pretty pretty good. You know, there are more, there are lots of things on offer out there, uh, which uh, which which didn't exist ten years ago. Certainly didn't exist thirty or forty years ago. So I think it's I think it's I think it's not quite as simple as being better off i think there are other ways of being better off than just having purchasing power there's because there's a lot of free stuff okay yeah Yeah, indeed i think it's touched on this issue of um what what we measure when we measure um uh purchasing power for example and 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 basically it's all comes down to the same underlying concept of uh value so the amount of value you you can um you earn in a year how much stuff you can purchase and and that's that's measured using the same fundamental principles as gdp which is uh essentially trying to trying to um look at the total value add up the prices of everything that's been made um more or less and uh and and work out what that number is and then control for changes in prices so you know if um if it turns out we are um buying uh we you know we're we're buying the same number of light bulbs um but the light bulbs have have doubled in price since last year even though 
that nominal GDP, the, well, the light bulb component of it would have doubled. Uh, we want to say that actually GDP is the same. What we're really trying to do is work out how much stuff there is. And we, we, we're trying to cancel out any impact of changing prices. Now, this is where the problems come in. And, and I should say, by the way, this is nothing novel about the idea of criticizing GDP. It's very well understood um, by uh, the people who make GDP that it has these limitations and so on. Um, but but you, you have problems to do with uh, significant problems about measuring quality changes. So so if, if you know, by and large, they they will pick to, when they're trying to capture inflation for the purposes of sort of working out how much GDP has really grown. They pick sort of representative products that might be a light bulb and um you, what that doesn't do is tell you about the quality of, of light bulbs if light bulbs have become longer lasting or if they've become brighter or less hot or you know more efficient those things aren't captured in gdp and but most significantly to go to what peter was talking about is it doesn't capture things that aren't marketed and that means that you know if if you're not paying for something it isn't going to appear in gdp um there was a, a famous remark i think that samuelson made which is when you you know if a man marries his maid gdp falls even though she's doing the same amount of work because he's no longer paying her um you know it doesn't capture things like um child care where someone isn't getting paid you know if a woman stays at home to look after children or a man um you know that that isn't appearing gdp it doesn't certainly doesn't capture things like um you know if we make our own food rather than going to a restaurant um in a sense the same amount of work has been done but gdp will be lower and and i think actually the the, the information revolution has been so significant has had such a significant impact on our lives in myriad small ways uh, that have taken a lot of um value what would have been considered valuable activity off grid as it were you know it's no longer being captured and i, I tried to have a um, i tried to make a bit of a list of the things that i've uh, sort of benefited from and they would be things like you know, always having accurate time on you, you know, always having the time, not having to waste time changing your clocks or phoning the speaking clock, uh, having an alarm clock going everywhere with you as your mobile phone. So you don't have to, um, you know, you don't have to uh, buy an alarm clock. Things like being able to get an online recipe for free while, while you're in a shop. You know, you, not only is there not the time you've got to waste, you know, going going um home to check your, uh, to check your, your recipe books. You don't need a recipe book at all. Um the, the fact that you can make video, video calls uh, very easily, multi-way for free, um, instead of having to travel to places, uh, that's that must be for, even for each person, days of effort saved. Um, and then things like, um, you know, you take Google Maps, a complete brilliant service, totally free, at least at the point of use. And, um, you know, it's so all of these things. So I'm not buying maps anymore. I don't need to buy a map. So GDP has fallen. Am I better off? Uh, absolutely unquestionably yes right hold so on. what does it mean hold on well what it means is every single one of your examples with the possible exception of google maps pertain to having a mobile phone so so i think one of the things you're saying is your life is better or people's lives can be better because now they've got a mobile they've got a smart mobile phone. yeah and, I, and 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 actually i just want to sort of just step back here i just want to be a grumpy old man for a minute right because i've spent a lot of time with with teenagers recently and um, two things. One, actually, you'd think that they'd know the time, but they don't. Because as soon as, as soon as they don't have a mobile phone with them, they don't know what the time is. They just have, just, they have no idea. Um, that's the first thing. And second, I've just, and this is where I do become a sort of grumpy middle-aged man, is just, I'm just so fed up with sort of going around and just seeing just, you know, dozens of teenagers just sitting around um, and just staring at a mobile phone and not doing much else from what I can see. Um, 
So my point is is that I refute everything that you've just said because it all went back to mobile phones well, and mobile phones are the devil's work. I think you're making, with your first point, you're kind of making Nick's point. That the, the, the mobile phone is just a delivery mechanism. You know, 50 years ago, had you, if you, had you not had a watch, you wouldn't have known what time it was. So it's just yeah, a, but at least we had the, the wherewithal to sort of go and get a watch yeah. and just put it on and find... And, and, and he's to say all those teenagers incessantly Look, staring at their phones would have otherwise not been breaking bus stops or bus stops or or causing no. causing a nuisance. And no, they'd have been talking to each absorbed. other. They'd have been talking to each other, having nice, fruitful conversations. Well, would they? Or are you just being pastoralist about it? I I, I, I just think teenagers um, find innovative ways of wasting time. Yeah, look, I mean, I think I think there's a key. A, 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 this sort of brings us on to the second question, really, which is. In an idealized world, we would be able to measure uh, how much we are consuming and what the value is. So if you take the average media consumption of me, so the YouTube videos, uh, watching a film which is free through an online streaming service, um, being able to read research papers without going to library or or paying for subscriptions, uh, being able to uh, see lectures online, for example, without having to sign up to be and pay university fees. We take all of my media, even during the average day, it probably would be valued at at hundreds, if not thousands of pounds uh, 30 years ago. Now, an idealized kind of um, way of capturing value would 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 factor that in it would factor that i'm hugely rich that the information revolution has dumped an enormous amount of value for free into my lap and um you know so if we met if we were able to measure by consumption uh, of things that are valuable of things that people would pay for then uh i think we'd find that we were consuming an enormous amount of value now but the question is does consumption of things e.g entertainment uh but anything else does that what connection does that have to our uh, well-being? And and I think that's where that's where we we yeah. come up with against a quite a tricky. T- and I think and I think it, you know even though so I I sort of sit between you um, in that uh, I think obviously it it is possible to look back and say well people you, you know might have said the same about teenagers reading magazines or spending time watching the TV in previous generations or you know um, or reading books you know wasting time reading sitting about reading novels which we would probably be a jump at the chance of getting our kids to sit about reading novels all day now um, you know people have said that in the past having said that I think I, I think that we do need to ask questions about whether or not um, using uh, mobile phones particularly social media um, entertaining though it is is actually good for us and whether or not it, it actually actually makes us as concomitantly happy as it ought to uh, well I, I know you don't want to talk about revi- revising GDP but um, surely a, a measure of well-being that just takes into account your con- your comparative assumption against other previous generations is perhaps is, is, is one measure May, but uh, there's lots of people looking at other measures for well-being and there are sort of various people considering happiness indexes and uh, how, how much value do you get in your life um, in other, made up of other things not just how much you earn and how much you can spend but you know other things like how much freedom you have and how uh, how how generous is your society, and how corrupt is your society, and um, things that that that, gen- that have a more general holistic benefit to you, um, and uh, I, I think I, I think generally uh, the the trend is up, and Western societies particularly, and more and more 
uh, other societies are generally more happy than they have ever been because of a combination of lots of different things. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, the the national statistics only started trying to measure happiness um, self-reported in in 2012. There obviously there are problems in that. You don't do we know whether when someone says they're satisfied with their life in 2017 that they would mean the same as someone who said the same in 1967. That's what we really want to know. Um, but I think actually deep down the question is not very well formed. I mean, I think the problem is we don't really know what we mean when we say, are we happier as a society? I mean, I think if you look at indicators, um, so, uh, you, you know, from all all kinds of things, from, you know, safety, crime, uh, you know, likelihood of premature death, uh, health care, um, life expectancy they're all going up and 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 i think and i think you know i suppose what we've said is it's very hard to make the case that people are worse off today i mean i, I think I, I without wishing to sound like a grumpy old man or or without wishing to trivialize what it's like for people who are genuinely poverty stricken um you know I, I think most people if put into the most you take an average person of today a 20 year old of today and put them into the world of 1977 which uh, was the year i was born i think they would find it almost impossible to imagine how people could live with the the lack of amenities on tap that the the amount of effort you have to go through to do anything you know to get money out from a bank in order to be able to buy things to not just be able to walk into a shop and use a card the the myriad conveniences we expect to have at our disposal um i mean i so i i think i i sort of would would strongly argue that we are better off now you know yeah so um, let's sort of, we need to wrap up soon, but let's personalise this a little bit. Peter, are you better off than you were 10 years ago? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, 10 years ago, uh, I was working for a large organisation and I, you know, tr trying to climb the greasy pole and uh, have an enormous amount of stress and uh, going, being in my own business has taken a huge weight off and it, it, it's it, i only noticed that that weight was there when i left um so yes definitely definitely uh nick yeah again and i think you know when you start your own business you don't expect to um to you know you expect there to be some time where you're earning less and um you know while while that's uh not certainly not been as you know as as bad as i, I thought it might um the that whatever reduction in income you know i had to put up with uh, after setting the business up has easily been worth it for the same reason that that peter's talking about and i i wonder if we look ahead if we look into the future with whether, whether actually we'll uh you know and i, I think you know what's going to happen to the future to the firm to the idea of the firm in the future is probably a whole podcast at least in itself but but you know it's it, certainly the tools to control your life meaningfully and to be able to for example set up a business or to be a freelancer you know the where we have very efficient um uh, matching technologies now so which enables things like uber and deliveroo and all the other kinds of services where we can find something we want um which is particularly what we want and not just what's there uh we'll do the same for the labor market as well and, and increasingly is doing it much easier i think to 
find now i know people will tell you well it's not you know it's not easy to find a job compared to what it was like 30 years ago but certainly the technology is there to make it easy to get matched to a job that's suitable for you um and uh you know in in future perhaps people will just have more freedom um and and greater efficiencies in time which i think translates to a, a, a useful measure for a, 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 one of the measures for general well-being is the amount of free time that you have um, and I think that's another thing that's hugely on the up, certainly since the 50s and 60s. The amount of the number of hours people work per week is mm-hmm. hugely down compared to what they used to. They have much more free time than they ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, in the 19th century, it was fairly standard to have half a day off on Sunday, and that was it. You work the rest of the time. I, I find that unfathomable. Um, yeah, I mean, so... Um, yeah, I suppose the you know the only question we haven't discussed is why do people all think it's getting worse? What it, why why is there a perception that things are harder today when it seems to me just very obviously the case that they're not? Well, I think and that's a that in itself is quite a complex question involving the human condition. Um, so um, so that aside, we'll leave things on what looks like a positive note. Um, You've been listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. Thank you for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.